0: Hello and welcome to the new episode of Women in Customer Success Podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. I'm Maria Skobepile, your host, and this is episode number 17. If you like this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review so others can also find it out and really enjoy hearing some remarkable stories from our guests. This episode is definitely packed with beautiful and remarkable stories. I'm talking to Kay Makarji, Area Vice President of Customer Success and Renewals at Splunk. We're talking about leadership, and Kay is sharing beautiful stories of her own leadership, learnings, and leading with authenticity and kindness. I love our conversation and I had so many wow moments while listening to Kay and loads of learnings that I got from this episode. And my favorite one is Kay's motto of choose kindness over right. Now I'll leave you to hear this conversation with Kay and choose your own favorite learning. So let's get into it. Today, I'm very excited to talk to Kay Makarji, Area Vice President of Customer Success at Splunk. Kay, hi and welcome to the show. Hi Maria, lovely to talk to you. The pleasure is mine Kay. I would like us to start with your story. So what is the story about you that you would like others to know? I
1: actually have quite a long and I would say quite an interesting story. So maybe a bit of a background, let's start with that. As you already introduced me, I'm currently the Area Vice President for Customer Success and Renewals in Splunk, and I specifically look after and manage the European, Middle East, and African markets. Prior to Splunk, I have been in leadership roles in organizations like Cisco, Deloitte Consulting, KPMG Consulting, and I've had the opportunity, and I would say the the immense pleasure, of leading teams as small as five people to as big as a 100 people. And I've worked across a very broad spectrum of industries like media, banking, IT outsourcing, consulting, and technology. And all of this has been over my 24-year career. And also, I have been based in very, very different locations. I have been based in the UK. I have been based in the Middle East, as well as in India. So again, my background is very varied, where I have worked in multicultural, multilingual teams worked in areas where each industry has had very, very different kind of challenges. You can imagine being in media versus being in technology, and they're quite different from each other, but at the same time, there are a lot of synergies too. So I think my story is quite interesting in the way that I have explored and really gotten a flavor of different industries and different roles, while at the same time ensuring that I kept on investing in myself and learning along the way.
0: And I'm so glad that we can get some flavor of those learnings as well. Can you tell us more in terms of the learnings throughout your career and throughout your leadership? What are the usual sources of your learning? Are those people, businesses, organizations, some particular certifications or trainings, maybe even the combination of everything? But what would you pick out as really being very influential in terms of your
1: learning? That's a very interesting question. And before I actually begin to respond to that, let me just add a disclaimer that anything which I share today is very much based on my own personal perspective. So these are my personal views and do not reflect any of the views of either my current or any of my previous employers. So with that, I would say my sources of learning is very much everything around me. There are three specific ways in which I look at it. First of all is learning about myself. For anybody to succeed, I think the first stage of learning is to be self-aware, to understand what your own competencies, what your skills are. And by this, I don't necessarily mean experiences of what you have done before. It means what you have accomplished before in terms of enjoying something, in terms of actually fulfilling maybe an area of your skill set or, or an area of your personality that taps into those skill sets. And this is what I believe is foundation to not just leadership, but I believe to anybody's success. If you know what your strengths are and you can capitalize and leverage on that, that's the first foundation of success. The two other areas that I'd also talk about, so I'd mentioned about three. The second one is about observing. This is where I have very much observed the people that I work with, the people that I be in touch with, not just in my work environment, but you know, I would say very openly, I learn equally from people who are much younger than me. To the point where I can just say I learned almost equally from my children who are obviously much, much younger than me. But the fact that they have a different perspective of the world around them, they are so much more tuned with what's happening and the way, for example, even with technology, how things are progressing. So it's about observing not just from people who are either maybe in the same role or in the same industry or even in the same workplace is from learning people around you, learning people who have different mindsets, learning people from different perspectives, people who are younger than you. And the third thing which I would mention is truly about reflecting upon your own experiences. We are all privileged to go through the experiences that we do. All of us have our share of successes as well as a share of failures. And I would be very open to say that I learned as much as from my failures than I do from my successes. Because every time, if I failed on something, for me, it's an opportunity to reflect and say, what could I have done differently? And by doing that, that makes me really stronger in terms of understanding what are the things in which I can even sharpen my skills and explore different ways to actually reach the successful outcome that I wanted, but which I hadn't thought of before. That's the kind of growth mindset that I really believe in.
0: That's really Did that great. answer
1: your question, Maria?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and already loads of things that I would like to hear from you even more. So tell me about your successes and failures and learning from them. Do you learn more from successes? Do you even reflect on successes? Or is that kind of a normal thing that happens? Or you're learning more from failures? Or how do you project learning from both?
1: I would say in terms of learning, you have to ensure that you have a good balance of both. I do reflect on my successes, because in a way, it's a validation of what I have done well myself on what I have enabled or empowered people within my team to achieve. So that's a good reflection and a validation of me. And I think I would specifically, because this podcast is for uh, women in customer success, I would say this is equally important because a lot of times I have heard of people talking about imposter syndrome. And this is the reason why actually reflecting on your own achievements, maybe even keeping a journal of that at times is really important. Because those are the times, and every day is not the same, there are times when you probably would question yourself. And those are the times you definitely need your journal of accomplishment of the things that you really shown and which really worked for you. So I would say that's my validation. That's the validation I get from my successes and from my achievements. The other learning is obviously from my failures. Now, the way I learned from my failures is by looking at that and understanding that as a stepping stone to the next goal that I have. So for me, whenever I hear the word no, I translate that as not yet. It's not a straight no, it's a not yet. So how can I make sure that that no becomes a yes? Because today it's a not yet, but there are certain things that I need to do differently, need to progress on. And then that no can probably become a yes over a period of time. So that for me is the way I learn through failures. And I would say specifically within as a leader, I have had so many multiple opportunities. And I would say, again, life has been very generous in terms of giving me those experiences where I have had those opportunities to learn from everyone around me.
0: And you mentioned something so interesting for women, imposter syndrome. Yes, many women are facing it at some point of their careers. Could you pinpoint any situations in your life where you think that you might have suffered a little bit from imposter syndrome? In case of yes, how did
1: you go about it? Of course, I have. (laughs) And I would (laughs) just say it's uh, while we say that a lot of women stand up and talk about it, maybe we talk about it more openly. But I would say this happens to everyone. This is not just specifically female related. Let me talk about one, and uh, this for me really stands out because when I look back at it, I really laugh at myself. So if I look at my background, I am a migrant, and I migrated from India to the UK about 20 years ago. At that point of time, when I moved in to the UK, I had a few years of career experience. I had done an MBA from a very, very premier management institute in India. It's ranked as one of the top most within the world. So I really had that level of accomplishment, which is, oh, I'm going to be really good at this. And then I land in the UK. And again, having grown up in India, which is primarily, the English is very much the primary spoken language. So it's not that there was a huge shock in terms of not, uh, you know, I, that's what I anticipate that that didn't, it wouldn't be much of a shock anyway. It, you know, they all speak English and I speak English exactly the same. And you wouldn't believe it, Maria, it was such a cultural shock for me. I mean, that's the time when I truly went into a bit of, whoops, what was I thinking of myself? (laughs) This is an area where for the first few months, I even struggled to understand the British accent. And people would comment things even in the workplace. I'll be like literally repeating the same words in my mind two, three times before I even understood what it meant. And this kept on happening for a few months, obviously, till the time I got used to it. And I remember one of my funniest incidents at that point of time it was in the tube and it, there was an announcement which was being made over the tube on the London tube. For some time, I couldn't figure out what they were saying. And literally I was looking around me and I was like, did they say it was that an evacuation? Was I supposed, am I supposed to? I was looking at the people around me in the tube, like just follow what the rest of the people are doing. If they're running out of the train, just run out of the train. So those were like, I would say, really interesting times. And there were times when I did question, am I fit for this? Is this where I will have an opportunity to shine? Or would the challenges be so unsurmountable that maybe, you know, this is not the right cultural fit for me, or I would have a lot of uh, probably even language difficulties. Obviously, 20 years later, things have changed quite a bit. And what I've understood, and if this is as an assurance to people who are going through this, is that you don't always have to reflect or be a duplicate of everybody around you. You do not have to be exactly. So, for example, even today, I know my accent is not a British accent because that's not what I absolutely want to be. What I want to do is I want to be understood. I want to be able to convey something where people are able to follow me. But that doesn't mean that I have to copy and be a duplicate of something else. So I think it's equally important to achieve a goal, but still remain truly authentic, to remain authentic through your true self so that you still retain a bit of that own identity, of that own self that you are.
0: Wow, Okay, what a story. It resonates so well already with me. A few things that I picked up already. So you mentioned you had a degree from a prestige university, you know, from everyone around you, probably all of that sounded pretty much, oh, wow, you accomplished so much already. And then you moved to another country, you knew the language, but there are so many (laughs) variations that you might not have understood. I really can relate because I got to the UK from Croatia. I completed a degree in Cambridge, which again would be one of the prestigious ones, but I didn't feel as on top of the world. I felt a little bit of imposter syndrome for sure, because I thought, oh gosh, I I was doing this research. And then in the research, you are told basically that what you're doing is just one very, very small piece in the huge puzzle of the knowledge that you don't know. So I definitely felt so much smaller than my accomplishments or degree were actually telling me. So I can completely understand your story. And thanks for sharing. I'm sure that so many women, especially the ones I would say who move to another country and start everything from the scratch. I do believe that we have those fundamental elements of imposter syndrome that we are facing throughout the career. But thanks so much for sharing your tips. And you basically are giving all of us great permission to stay authentic, however we are and wherever we
1: are. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. I think staying authentic is one area which I would really implore everyone to do. Because I think there is a meme which says that the best person you can be is the best version of yourself. Don't try to be somebody else.
0: That's so true. Only you can be you just it the best. It's okay. What would you say
1: are the best leadership qualities? So for me, I think there are three elements of good leadership that I've seen over the years, both in terms of what I have observed with some of the best leaders that I've seen, whom I have been fortunate to work with, as well as the ones I've seen in the industry, as well as some of the things which when I reflect on myself as to the areas where I just feel that's an area that I'm proud of. And those three are areas where, first of all, what I feel is that a leader needs to do is lead with a vision. So lead with something which is so powerful that it can unite followers. It can unite people. And by the way, when I talk about a leader, I'm not necessarily talking about a functional hierarchy here. I'm not talking about people within your team who report to you. I'm talking about it could be a leader in any context. It could be in a social context, a cultural context. You could be a leader within a group of people or you could be a thought leader. So how you actually inspire and get together and unite a band of followers and that followers could be a team or it could be, you know, just a spectrum of people around you who are rallied around a common cause. I think that's really important for a leader because that sets the tone on how you can influence people and you can get them to do their best. So the second thing, which I think as a really important leadership quality, is someone who truly invests in areas which are really important for the team to flourish or for your followers to flourish, which is a culture of openness, of trust, of doing the best that you can and making sure that everything is done in an entire culture where there is support, there's mutual support and there is the camaraderie. And the last thing which I would say, the third most important thing, and by the way, I'm just talking about three. I probably could cite a hundred of these leadership (laughs) traits. The third one, which I think is really important, is what really motivates people, because at the end of the day, we are all humans and we all want to do our best, is having somebody, having a leader who truly believes in me. So for me, that's what I try to do for my team, which is identify the potential in each one of them and really try to be that person who motivates them to do their best. The way I think about is that my job as a leader is to find the diamond in every person. And how can I sharpen each of the diamond so that they are giving off the best light? And if I can do that as a leader and identify the diamond in each one of my followers, that's what defines me as a leader. And that's the opportunity, I think, for those of us who are in leadership positions. It's not a functional role. It's a role which you take on. And if you can do that, that is what I think would change the world over a period of time.
0: That is so nicely said, Kay. And I wondered, do you have the ideas what would others say about you as a leader?
1: <laughs> what kind of I, you think, are? I think I'd probably have to refer to my theme on that, but I can't actually say that because maybe I'll just quote two or three things. I mean, obviously, don't have the quotes right in front of me, but those are so stuck in my mind that I can just refer to that. So I'm obviously not going to give names over here, but uh, this was a particular lady and we had worked together for an event that we were really looking forward to. And it was very much around ensuring that we were empowering the people around us. And what she wrote back to me is that, Kay, at the time when we set out to do this, I thought there was no way we could carry this off. But you believed in me. And for the first few times, I was questioning myself if I could really do it. However, with your firm belief in me that I could do it, today we have accomplished this and I'm so proud that you gave me the opportunity to do that. So that for me is really what truly makes my day. When somebody says that, I'm almost shining off the reflected glory of the people that I have an opportunity to influence. The other quote I would mention, the first one is not somebody who is a direct team member. It's one of the, I would say, within the matrix organization that we have, it was a person from another function that I've been working with. So this one is somebody directly from my team. This was about giving that person an opportunity to present his ideas to a wider community because I believed in that idea. I believed that it was a very powerful idea that deserved to be heard in a much wider audience. After the event, he came back to me and said that it was not lost on me as to the potential that you saw in me and the fact that you gave me that platform where I could make it visible to the wider community. And this is what actually motivates me so much. So I would say these are the things which I'm very, very proud about. But Maria, that said, I would equally own up and say I'm a work in progress. There are enough number of things which I could do better every day. And it's equally important for me to reflect on those and say, Maybe I could have done this or encouraged this person in a, in a different way. What's the best way? So I'm constantly validating myself so that I'm self-aware and understanding if there are things that need to be done differently. So I'm talking about the good quotes. I'm equally sure there'll be enough things which I can also say that I could have done things differently too, but I keep learning.
0: But isn't it a great journey, just knowing what are your amazing strengths and getting validation from the team members and having that as something to keep you going and still being very open just to learn from your, not even mistakes, but all the experiences that are happening. I really love your stories. It's so amazing to hear that you're giving others the platform to develop and how they are appreciating that. That's the trust that you build for life. You really can't get much better than that. Do you have any other stories that you think are very, very interesting from your overall leadership experience that you would like (laughs) to share? I love hearing your stories. They are so
1: fun. (laughs) So let me share this one with you because this one really left a very profound impact on me. Uh, This was about, I think, two or three years ago. I am obviously, as I mentioned, I have very strong principles. And one of my very strong principles is the principle of being fair. So, you know, do the right thing, do it at the right time and do it in the right way. Within my team, and this person was at that point of time directly reporting to me, there was a particular incident which happened. And this person completely acted out of character and acted in a way in which It was something very bad, which was not expected from that person, but things unfolded in a way which was quite unfortunate. So I had two options. My first option was that, you know, I could take a very severe retribution. I could take a severe action in order to penalize this person for the error that she had committed. Right. And, and it was a pretty significant one. So it was not one of those uh, little mistakes that happened. So it was quite a significant and quite a disastrous event that happened. Or the other thing which I could do is actually coach her and treat her with empathy and understand a bit more of what went wrong and give her a second chance. So for me at that point of time, I was a bit divided because on one hand, I was like empathy and Yeah, I mean, obviously that's about being kind, but at the same time, it's also about being fair, which is your actions also have to reflect that level of fairness. Trust me, Maria, that was really a deep turmoil within my soul, which is what's the right thing to do? And somewhere in my mind, I just heard this word saying that if there is a choice between doing something right or being kind, choose kindness over right. And for some reason that day, I chose to be kind. And I said, I'm going to manage this. I actually stepped up as a manager, went and apologized to all the stakeholders for the mistake. I said, there were things which were out of control. And I know, and I am personally putting my brand, my reputation on stakes is to say that I will turn this around and I'll make things right. And I completely shielded and protected my team member from any of the repercussions of that incident. And I can tell you, after six months, Maria, that person was was the most solid and most successful performer in my team. It was such an amazing turnaround. I I mean, there there was a lot of potential anyway. It was not just because of the single incident. But the fact that I went out, placed that faith in that person, gave her that second chance. And I just said, it was not with the expectation that I was expecting something back. It was just with the humility that we make mistakes. And sometimes if we stand up for each other, we both will become stronger tomorrow. And i did it with that spirit and i think that for me was a very very powerful lesson which is it's not always every rule in the book sometimes it's the spirit of those rules that you need to follow so if there's a choice between being right and being kind choose to be kind thanks so much for that
0: principle it's amazing principle and what a story what a testament of what having faith in someone and being kind over someone can achieve amazing progression oh that's really great to hear Well, it sounds that definitely you contributed to making that person much better performer, leader, probably. What would you say is your message to all the aspiring leaders in our industry?
1: If there is one thing which I would like to really make sure that everybody imbibes, which is explore the growth mindset. So explore opportunities where you do not know something today, but don't be afraid of trying something out because you do not know. There is always things which you can learn, which you can make sure you're selling in the next time around. So always have the growth mindset, because that's the only way you will know how much you can stretch yourself. You do not know what you're capable of until you have really stretched yourself and you have tested yourself. And I think till the time you have either done it yourself, or maybe you've had a leader who have stretched you and really developed you, I think there is still unfulfilled potential in you. And for me, I think the thing that would really make me sad if there is a world full of people who have unfulfilled potential, because there is so much that each of us can bring, each of us can do. So if there is one ask that I would have from everybody, it's like dream big, try hard. Doesn't matter if you fail. If you fail, you know that you tried and then you know what you're capable of. So, but till that time, keep going and keep on having a growth mindset.
0: This is such an amazing message for everyone. Thank you, Kay, for sharing that. Thanks for sharing your stories and for coming to the show. It was such a pleasure talking to you.
1: Completely my pleasure in being able to share that.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, I'd like to hear from you. So follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and get in touch. Subscribe now so you don't miss out of the following episodes. Have a great day and talk to you soon.